CCR number 98 for February 10th, 2010. This edition of Cat Crave Radio is brought to you by the Panthers Outlaw Forum, the place for uncensored, no-holds-barred Carolina Panthers discussion. If you're ready for an honest discussion of your Carolina Panthers, visit the Panthers Outlaw Forum at sillyangel.proboards.com. I'm ready to go, baby. D'Angelo Williams, left side crowded, goes up the middle, 50-yard line, he's in the clear, this has got potential, 40, 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Still on a mission, though, still on a mission. We're going to find out how far we can push ourselves. Jake DeLong going Steve Smith, left side, caught for a touchdown! Keep the dream alive, baby! Welcome to the show dedicated to covering the Carolina Panthers. This is Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode, Nick Yeoman is back to provide the fans' perspective. We'll also hear from legendary Carolina Panther Mike Mentor in the Mentorview. Now, buckle your chin straps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR, John White. The saga continues. And did we expect anything else? Welcome to another edition of Cad Crave Radio. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Last week, Carl Carey, the agent for Julius Peppers, made a splash in the media when he commented publicly that the Panthers had not contacted him or his client since the end of the season. Now, Julius is talking. Peppers appeared on the Mac attack on WFNZ in Charlotte. After saying that he had only received a couple of text messages from the organization, he was asked how he felt about the silent treatment. Well, first of all, I'm I'm not a... I don't talk very much at all, like, you know, to, uh, with the media outlets. Yeah. I, I, I'm a man of very few words, and I understand very well what silence means, you know. Like, I, I, do, it, I do it a lot, and I understand <laughs> that. So you being silent to, like, for a person being silent to me, I understand exactly what you're trying to say. So um, because of the lack of communication that they've had with us, you know, if somebody asks me, do I want to stay in Carolina and play for the Panthers next year? It's like, okay, well, how can you say you want to be somewhere when you're not really sure if they want you here because they not, they're not even talking to you. They, they're yeah. not even talking to me, so why would I come out and say that I want to be here when the team is not even acknowledging uh, the fact that my future with, with the organization is yeah. up in the air? Peppers went on to say that he felt that things had improved with the team and his situation during the 09 season. He had expectations of speaking to the team shortly after the season ended, but that the silence spoke volumes. Because of the lack of communication, he was unsure of his future with the Panthers. He did, however, explain how he felt things had improved this past season. Well, first of all, um, this, you know, Coach Meeks came in and he, like, some, most of the time change is good. Just a, just a change for anything, to switch it up. So he came in with a new attitude. All the guys embraced it, and they loved the system. And um, it started out a little rough, but as the season went on, we, we, we progressed and we got better. We got a lot better. So I was happy with that, and that was encouraging to me. And playing plan for, for, for Meeks and also the relationship that I, that I developed with, um, with, my, with my position coach, Brian Baker, yeah. you know, I felt, I felt good about – you know, possibly developing a longer relationship with those guys and playing with those guys because, you know, I enjoyed that. It was a short time, but I enjoyed, you know, the things that we were able to accomplish this year and, and, you know, the future was looking a little brighter. 
And about that contract that was offered two years ago that would have fulfilled his desire to be the highest paid defensive player? Well, first of all, I never came out and said that that's what I'm looking for right now, is to be the highest paid defensive so that's player. Not tr- so that's not true? People were making that assumption. Okay. I never okay. said that. And about the about the uh, the deal that they offered a couple of years ago, that deal was to make me the highest paid defensive player, but slightly, slightly, very slightly. So, okay, and at that time, it's two reasons. Two reasons. One was because, you know, it was after a two-and-a-half-sack season, and, like, they know me. The Panthers, they they know me for eight years now. And at that time, it was six years. They know the type of person that I am. Um, I have a lot of pride, and, like, I felt like I, I didn't really feel the sincerity behind that deal. And also, at and also, too, okay, this is a personal thing with me. I had two and a half sacks that season, and they're coming to offer me the, to be the highest paid defensive player. Like, that really, like, I can't even accept that. Like, that's just a personal thing. Somebody else might take it another way or look at it another way and say that's not a smart business decision or career decision. But for me personally, I'm not deserving of that. Like, why would I accept an offer for that amount of money when my performance is nowhere even close to that level? Next, Julius had a chance to explain why he wanted out of Carolina after a 12-win season in 2008. Well, the record was better. Uh, My my unit, my side of the ball wasn't better. I felt like like after that season that basically we were either going to stay the same or we're going to get worse. We declined significantly at the end of that season and, and points given up and yards and all of that type of stuff. Yeah, that's at true. the end of that season, things were not getting better for that defense, period. So at that time, I'm looking at it like, well, you know, it, in my eyes, I didn't see us getting any better on that side of the ball. So, you know, I felt like it was time to, it was time to try, try somewhere else, do something else. So, you know, t- things changed. They made changes. They brought, they brought in new people and – you know that's where we at now. But to answer the question, at that time, I didn't I didn't see us getting any better, so that's why I wanted out. Peppers talked openly about what his preference is. He explained that he has options at this time, and that he would be fine playing under the franchise tag after signing the tender. However, he stopped short of saying that he was no longer open to a long-term deal. There were hints that he no longer wanted to negotiate a new contract. Then, one of the more interesting questions was in regards to the perception of a lack of effort on the field. My response to that is, well, first of all, like, the critics, like, just, you know, I, like, as far as my fan base and the support that I get, like, I appreciate that, and, you know, I will continue to appreciate it. And, and as far as the criticism, I welcome that, too, because you need both of them. You, you, can never, you can never have somebody telling you how great you are. That's not good for you. So you need the critics, and, you know, I welcome that type of stuff. But... When they say that, me, me and Jack Del Rio, as you know, he was the defensive coordinator my rookie year. We, we actually talked about that. You know, he was like, you know, I watch you run sometimes, and it don't really look like you running this hard. It don't really look like you're trying. When I, and, I, and I just told him, I was just like, yo, it, just because it doesn't look like I'm running as hard as the next man with my arms swinging everywhere and breathing all hard doesn't mean I'm not, like, trying as hard. Like, we still, I'm still trying hard. It just doesn't look like it. I do it easier. You know, like, I do it easier. And, you know, sometimes people look at the games and say I'm not playing hard, I'm not trying, and they have absolutely no idea of what my responsibility is on those plays and what I'm asked to do, you know. 
I could pick out anybody on that. We could we could watch a, watch a, um, a film of the game, and I could pick out anybody on that field and say, you know, at a point in time in that game where it doesn't look like he's running hard, oh, yeah. he's trying hard right now. Okay. People, people just pinpoint me because I guess I'm the favorite target. It's rare that Julius Peppers gives interviews like this one, or at all. How will this impact the negotiations between him and the team? Will it even have an impact? And when the team makes its decision, what will it be? A franchise tag? A trade? Well, only time will tell. But this saga is far from over. It's time once again for the Panther Preview. It's um, it's time to talk about two major topics. Yeah, we're going to break down the defensive line in just a bit. But joining us, first let me introduce Yeoman. Yeoman, what's up? John, what's going on? I'm, I'm glad you, you know, we always say this is the fans' perspective. And, uh, yeah, I feel like uh, being a Carolina Panther fan, <laughs> giving you my perspective on this big topic here. Well, let's start. We'll, we'll back up just one day or two days, actually. The, the big news for us happened on Tuesday of this week, but on Sunday, the Saints <laughs> the Saints win the Super Bowl. It's still, those words just don't sound right. That phrase is wrong, but the Saints win the, unbelievable, they win Super Bowl 44, and I, I just wonder, in, in your opinion, and I, I, I mean, I can tell you that, you know, I, I feel it does, but for you, do you think this is, does this, create some hope for us is this a good sign for teams like the panthers oh i, I think it absolutely is I, I don't know how it can be the one thing is though not only does it provide hope for the panthers but it, it provides hope for the atlanta falcons and and other teams around the league that hey the new orleans saints were a laughing stock you know a few years ago and and for decades before that and that they finally got it together and and, and beat the beat the top teams in the league they knock out kurt warner they knock out brett Favre, and they, they beat down peyton manning it was. It was impressive, and uh, and it does. It gives you hope as a fan base because, you know, for the longest time, the New Orleans Saints were a team that, you know, the thought of winning a championship, it, you just you brushed past that and you waited for Mardi Gras to come around because it just wasn't going to happen. And like you said, it, it still, it does. It seems a little weird to think that the, uh, the, the world champions of the National Football League are the New Orleans Saints. But, yeah, it, it gives you hope. It certainly does. Okay, just I want the I want the Lions fans and the Browns fans, Rams, Raiders. I want all of you to know that you need to get in line behind the Panthers. We're going to win one first, just so you know. Uh, you guys can wait. But speaking of getting in line, uh, maybe that that that's that's a terrible transition. But okay, Julius, um, I opened the show with Julius and all these clips. Julius in the big interview over on uh, WFNZ. Julius has spoken, and just just let it all hang out. Tell us your thoughts. Tell us how you feel about Julius uh, Peppers. Well, that, that's great. I mean, this is basically what I learned uh, from that Peppers interview this morning is, is that, you know, after the 2007 season where Julius had two and a half sacks, the Panthers offered him a contract that would have what he called slightly make him the highest-paid defensive player in the NFL. Okay, slightly or not, you're still the highest-paid defensive player in the league. But Julius didn't feel the sincerity behind the deal, which makes absolutely no sense. Because, if anything, the team's putting total faith in and standing behind you after the worst season of your career. So how is that not sincere? I mean, I get it. Julius has some self-pride. And I appreciate the fact that he felt that he didn't deserve the money after that horrible season because how is the team doing anything 
but sticking with you uh, and supporting you by making that offer. I mean, so nothing gets done. Julius says he wanted the chance to go out and prove that to everyone that he deserved a big contract. And, and to be honest with you, John, I think that's exactly what he did in 2008. I mean, he went out, he had 14 and a half sacks, the, the most in his career. The team won 12 games. You know, he wanted to prove himself that he deserved that contract. And I think, again, the Panthers were ready to make him the highest paid defensive player of the league. But Julius decides that he's not happy, how the defense performed and how they're progressing. Uh, so he wants to leave town. And I guess he expected the team who put total faith in him wouldn't be a little upset about that. So the Panthers, who were obviously a little shocked by this, place the franchise tag on him. And Julius can't understand why, why they wouldn't just let him walk. I mean, hello, this team put total faith in you after your worst season and you turn around and slap him in the face. It just didn't make any sense. And I'm glad that he came on the air this morning and, and, and you know, aired it out there and said his side of the story. But if anything, if you're a Panthers fan, you know, you, you've got a – I don't want to say you've got a different opinion of Julius Peppers, but I, I certainly have uh, – the, the, the dislike and, and the upset, how upset I am, has certainly been intensified because this was just – it's pathetic at this point. Well, I've worked for a couple of bosses, and I'm sure most people that have been out you know, as a working stiff like myself, if you've been out there long enough, you're going to work for a boss you don't like. And maybe, just maybe Mike Turgovac just didn't have his act together. And maybe Julius said, well, you know, this <laughs> this is getting us nowhere. And maybe that's true. But then again, I looked at last year. If you go back and, and looked at every single game that Julius played, not in 2009, but in 2008, sure, you come out with 14 and a half sacks, but where he really produced, he produced against the Raiders and the Lions in two games. He had two huge games. Games against teams like Chicago, Minnesota. When you're playing against teams that are either playoff caliber or potentially playoff teams, he disappeared. He was nowhere to be found. Same as he was in Dallas this past season when you know the chips were down. They were starting off rough. They'd just gotten whipped really bad by Philadelphia and Atlanta. You show up in that game, and maybe you help your team, but instead he disappears. I heard he, I'm sure you heard what he had to say, though, about disappearing in games, yet we've seen him do it too many times. To me, you know, if you're going to do it, if you're going to talk about things like this, at least be able to put your money where your mouth is, and he's not doing it. Maybe it's just an opinion. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, you know, you, you mentioned the defense in 2008. Yeah, we were all disappointed with down the stretch. I mean, that was the major concern heading into that playoff game against Arizona was, boy, this, this defense, is, it looked a little shaky. They've given up quite a few yards. And Julius is absolutely right. They haven't progressed, and it didn't look like they were going to get anything better, or they weren't going to get better going into the next year. But, you know, to just, to just slap the team in the face after they put faith in you and, and let you, you know, earn the right and go out and try to earn that, that big contract, and they put faith in you and stuck by, stuck by you after the two-and-a-half sack season to just turn on them, it's just, it, it shows no loyalty. It shows no loyalty. He, he didn't stick by his word. And, uh, and I think we're seeing now, you know, the Panthers stuck with him after his worst season. They stuck with him after a 14-and-a-half sack season. And I think now if Julius wants to know why the team's silent, why there's no talks, I think it's because the Carolina Panthers are finally ready to wash their hands of this thing and move on because it's just been a mess. And the way he's treated this, uh, you know, you've got to side with the Panthers, in my opinion. Okay, now we'll, we'll do this because we're talking defensive line this week, and I guess we couldn't have picked a better time to do it. The timing is is working out beautifully as far as I'm concerned, but I'll, I'll let you just give you your opportunity, and we can both kind of throw out what we would do. If you're the Panthers, at this point, what is your next move? Well, if 
on the Carolina Panthers, I, I have to do what's financially smart. I have to do what, what helps this team and what's best for this team long term. And that's slap the franchise tag on Julius Peppers and start talking to teams that, that you can trade them to and that they can find a long term deal with this guy. I mean, he, he's talented enough. You know, he's a known commodity. People know how athletic and how, how, how big he can play on the field when he wants to. Um, so there's going to be a market out there, but you just can't let this guy walk for free, especially when you look at, at and we're going to talk about this, what's left, especially that defensive end spot, a lot of question marks. So I think if you're the Panthers, you've got to try to, uh, to work out the, the risky but would be profitable uh, you know, tag and trade method. Oh, I agree, and and that's what I would do. I would also do that with the franchise tag, but I have a feeling that what you're going to get back from him and from Carl Carey, his agent, is that, okay, we don't want to sign that tender offer and we'll hold out, which is exactly what I would let him do. If you want to sign, then we'll we'll try to get you a deal made and get you out of here if that's what you want. No problem. It's going to happen anyway. So, But if he, if he doesn't, I mean, if it's me... If you want to sit out, you want to stay at home, that's cool. I've got no problem with that. The tender offer is here gathering dust, and in the meantime, you know, I guess maybe we'll tear it up eventually, but if it's me, I'll let you sit. So you can stay at home. You've got a choice. Sign and let me deal you, or don't sign and stay at home. Those are your choices. Those are your only options. That's what, I mean, the the players say it all the time. The players are always saying there's a business to football. Well, it's time to play business, and sometimes in business you have to play hardball. It's time to do it, and if the Panthers are going to do it, if that's what they're doing now, then you know what? In this case, I've got to give Marty Herney a pat on the back, and he's doing his thing, and that's what he ought to do. So i got to say, I, I agree with you there. I think you and I would we'd probably be on the same page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I would just hope that Julius Peppers and Carl Carey would look at the, the potential for the Panthers to, to put the franchise tag on him again as a good thing. I mean, I, if you make it clear that you are not going to play in Carolina and that if you do tag him and you do try to make him stick around and play for $20 million, that you will hold out. It's not like the Panthers. I, I don't think the Panthers would, would want to just sit there and, uh, and, and let him sit out and pay him for that money. They're going to try to, they're going to try to trade him. And I think that's probably the best method that there is. They've got to understand how this system works. That you know, the chance of you just walking out of here and testing the market and the Panthers not getting anything in return is just not going to happen. So hopefully, Carl Carey and Julius Peppers know that you know probably the best method, the most viable method, is going to be uh, for him to get tagged and then to try to find a team that they can get traded to. Well, we've we've talked Julius Peppers for so long. I guess we got to take a break. If you want to stick around, we'll we'll th- come back and talk about uh, the defensive ends and the defensive tackles and just kind of break this thing down. Can you think? Can you stick around with us? Yeah, I'd love to. All right. Now, don't forget, everybody. Make sure that you get yourself signed up for the newsletter. All you have to do is go to catcraveradio.com. Look at the top of the page. You'll see the newsletter link. Click there. There's like a three entry form. It'll take you maybe sixty seconds. Fill it out. Click submit and you're signed up. It's that simple. We'll keep you up to date on all the news about the show, interviews, whatever that, that we're up to. Also, don't forget, anytime you want your opinions, Julius especially, if you have an opinion, call us on the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673. Lord knows we're going to be venting. We're going to be giving you our opinions. Well, tell us what you're thinking. 206-350-9673. We'll come back in just a minute and break down the defensive line. Questions? Comments? Send them to us at catcraveradio at gmail.com. That's catcraveradio at gmail.com. The Crave returns in a moment. Are you looking for hard-hitting NFL draft news, mocks, and views on the upcoming 2010 NFL draft? 
<laughs> Further than NFLMocks.com. Get the latest on your favorite prospect, what your favorite team will be doing on draft day, plus the opinions you've come to love at NFL Mocks. With a big board, underclassmen listed draft database, NFLMocks.com is your one-stop shop for anything NFL draft. Covering the 2010 NFL draft with class, it's NFLMocks.com, part of the fan-sided network. And welcome back to the Panther Preview. We still call it that because we can't think of a new name. We are uh, breaking down, or about to break down, the defensive line. Still with us is Yeoman. Yeoman, you ready to talk some uh, defensive ends, defensive tackles? Yes, sir, I sure am. We'll start with the defensive ends since we're talking about Julius and we're sort of washing our hands of him. Um, Maybe we have to go on the assumption that there is no peppers and that our defensive end positions are, you know, going to be pepper-free. So that leaves us Brayton, Johnson, Brown, and Taylor. I mean, uh, where do we go from here? Well, that's that's a huge question, especially if Julius Peppers isn't there. I mean, you've got a guy in Everett Brown where, you know, I, I think I think I hope to see some big things as he makes that transition from year one to year two. Uh, I still don't know if I'd, I'd take him out of that category as a situational pass rusher, to be quite honest with you. I still don't know if he was worth giving up a first-round pick to grab him in the second round. But there is hope. I mean, obviously, you're going to make that transition. You're going to make that that step uh, in year one to year two. And then you've got a couple guys. Tyler Brayton, I think, you know, I love the seniority that he's brought, and he might end up being the senior member of this defensive line. I think he provides good depth. Uh, Charles Johnson's the interesting one because I like what I've seen so far. I do see the potential, but when does it kick in? I mean, he's been here long enough where – uh, I think we're kind of at a point where is it going to get any better than what we've seen? I certainly hope so because this guy's shown that he's got the tools, he's got the strength, he's got the quickness. I like the versatility. You know, they've moved him inside, and uh, even when we were having the, the big trouble as a defensive tackle, he could play and he could fill in there. And then you've got a guy like Kylie Taylor. They took a flyer on him. I don't really think the experiment's over just yet, but uh, he's another guy that uh, is going to have to step up big if his fellow Tar Heel uh, won't be here next season. Tyler, like you said, I, I, if nothing else, I mean, I think this year, for the very first time, at least I like this part, and that is he had a defensive coordinator that, thank goodness, understood where to put Tyler Brayton. It, it wasn't with the Raiders. Maybe that is part of the problem. But Brayton finally was given a spot where he could actually perform. I do like Charles Johnson. I think he's a six to seven sack a season guy. Maybe not much more, but... Like you said, a bunch of situational guys, Brayton, Johnson, and Brown, are really all situational pass rushers or defensive ends, uh, depending on what you're know what you what you're expecting. Are you lining up for run or pass? But without Peppers, I still think, okay, as much as I think Peppers can take plays off, even when he's taking a play off, the offense is taking so much. Well, they're looking at him so hard, and they're they're getting ready for him. I mean, losing him, to me, I hate to say this, but I think it's going to hurt more than even we we feel like it will now. Something tells me it's going to be worse than even our worst nightmares about this. Yeah, no, it is. It is a scary thought because of what Julius Peppers is capable of doing. I mean, I'm I'm still not going to sit here and change my stance on what we need to do with this guy because of the off the field problems. I, you know, I think most fans are kind of done with it. But yeah, if if you do commit yourself, like we've said, to saying okay, it's time to figure out life without Julius Peppers, 
then you do. You go into that situation, okay, now what? Let's look at the roster and let's see if this is if this is capable of being a starting NFL defensive line. And, and like I said, there's a lot of question marks, and I think a lot of pressure is going to be put on that young man from Florida State in his second year, Everett Brown. I, I like the guy, great character, uh, but he, he is. If he's going to get that starting spot and he's going to be the next, I don't want to call him the next Julius Peppers because you just don't find that, but if he's going to be that guy that takes over that starting role, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on the organization where if something does get done, you know, does that defensive end spot, does it now move up and where you would look at it as far as drafting-wise? Is it something you can look through in free agency? I mean, Elvis Doomerville is a free agent from Denver who just is coming off a monster year, so you've got to make a decision because, yeah, life after Julius Peppers, uh, to be quite honest, when you look at the roster, it could be a little rough. All right, and then looking at defensive tackle, this was this was the unraveling. Ten minutes into training camp, literally ten minutes into the thing, the players have just barely gotten out there and gotten themselves loosened up, and we lose Maaki Kimoyatu and, you know, an Achilles injury, which is something you just don't get over sometimes ever, literally. So we lose him, and then it starts to shuffle. Uh, Lewis Leonard comes in, a deal for Tank Tyler. You bring in Derek Landry eventually, and Hollis Thomas, who became a stud at, what, 36 years old, 14 years in the league. Maybe he's a rent player but if nothing else, I mean, come on, you got to love the guy because of his, I mean, the guy's wearing SpongeBob SquarePants pajamas in public. So, I mean, you know, how can you not love somebody like that? You know what I mean? I mean, I love him. No, no, I do too. I was really happy with Hollis Thomas, and he's not a long-term answer by, by any means, but when this team was just searching for a guy to fill in there, he did. He provided a, a nice role, came in as a leader on that defensive line and was making plays. When you look at this roster, though, the defensive tackle spot, they just got a lot of guys. And are any of them that good? I'm not quite sure. I mean, the big question, you mentioned Chemo going down. I, I certainly hope he's able to bounce back because he is a monster of a man inside there. But a guy that big uh, maybe played with injuries, and that's going to be a tough one to bounce back. The guy I really like is Damian Lewis. I mean, he's been a rock-solid starter for this team, and, and I really hope he's only going to get better as, as, as the, the coordinators and the defensive line coach, that they realize how good this guy is. I think he could be the, a potential starter for, for the next couple of years. And, and then you mentioned it, some of the guys they brought in, Lewis Leonard, I, I wasn't even sure who Lewis Leonard was and never really even got a chance to find out either. He went down so quickly, and then Tank Tyler, who came out drafted by Kansas City with a lot of hype and didn't really live up to it, and, and he was injured here quickly as well. So it is. They've just got a lot of guys at that defensive tackle spot, and, and uh, I think you feel fairly confident that you can find two of them there that you can put in the defensive line for, for most of the season. Uh, but I don't know if there's that stud that you're looking for. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if nothing else, you've got serviceable players. It's possible that, well, with Lewis and Chemo, I mean, 31 and 32 years old, Maybe, you know, if you start a youth movement, you got to figure Hollis Thomas was a rental player. He's probably gone. Nick Hayden's probably still on the bench if he sticks around. And I guess they figured the future would belong to guys like Tank Tyler. Maybe you try and pair him with Damian Lewis. Maybe you put Lewis Leonard in as a rotational guy. But uh, they're not that old. It, you take Hollis Thomas out, the guy's 36 years old. Without him, well, let me, I'll put it, let me start there with. If you figure up their average age with Hollis Thomas in the list, they're roughly 29 years old on average. Without him, they're 27 and a half. So if it's a youth movement you're after, Hollis is gone and you get a little younger. But I got a feeling Lewis, at 32 years old, nine years in the league, a former first-round draft pick, I mean, 
Maybe they pin some hopes on him, but I'm not sure that they pin any hopes on Chemo coming back. Maybe they've got a plan for that, you know? Yeah, no, I, I do. I, I don't think you can put a lot of faith in Chemo coming back. I mean, that's, that torn Achilles, that's a rough game. We've talked about it before. I mean, that's 300-plus pounds on, on an Achilles tendon on a, on a uh, repaired one, and that's just not something the defensive tackles his size bounce back from earlier. And you mentioned, I mean, maybe it is. The younger guys, Tank Tyler, maybe he can live up to that hype. I mean, uh, Nick Hayden, I don't know. I mean, he's still undersized, and, and I, I think he's probably going to get lost in the shuffle. And it wouldn't, to be honest with you, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up getting cut at training camp. Uh, but, yeah, you're just searching. You're searching for a couple guys. And, and the nice thing is, though, I mean, this team, do you want to start looking to, to, to find a long-term answer? Yes, but you've got so many guys that I think are capable, capable guys, uh, that if you can just find two of them, I think you can be okay. All right, now we'll give out grades. Do you want to go first this time, or should I? I'll let you go first. All right, tell you what. I, I broke this down, defensive end and defensive tackle, and maybe this time I'm sounding a little bit like Simon Cowell. But at defensive end, and and if I included Julius Peppers, maybe my grade is a little higher. Then again, as much as we know what he's capable of, even if I include Julius, the grade is lowered because he's not always showing up play to play. So, I'm having to go with the assumption that he's gone. I give the defensive ends an 84, and at defensive tackle, yeah, there's some youth that you could fall back on if things don't work out well in the offseason with his recovery with chemo but even with the youth I kind of had to go in the low 80s I went 82 there so I came out with an average of an 83. That's that's not bad that's not bad I'll I'll start with defensive end I I had a grade with Julius Peppers I think the defensive ends are 87 without and more than likely what they're going to be you know faced with with Brown Johnson Brayton and Taylor I'm going to give the defensive ends an 83 um, as far as defensive tackles, I think I like this group a little bit more than you do. Like I said, I just think you've got some capable guys in there, and I'd give them an 84. I don't know if any of them are that good. I don't know if any of them are long-term answers, but I think they've got players in there at the defensive tackle, at least on the roster, and heading into training camp. You've got something to work with. So I'd give an 83 without, without Julius Peppers for the defensive ends and the defensive tackles. I'd give them overall an 84. Well, on average, we're only a point and a half off from each other, so that's that's close. Yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. I, we've been fairly close the whole time. I think we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And we didn't cheat off each other this time. Nobody cheated. No, that's the great thing. We're get, we're getting good. I'm doing my homework. I'm studying real hard, John. I don't need to. I don't need to peek over there at your paper anymore. All right. Well, let's see. You want to come back? Say next week, maybe do. I don't know. Right off the top of my head, maybe running back. Hey, running back sounds good. You better believe there's going to be some high grades for that one. All right, Nick. So we'll see you next week then, right? Yeah, sounds great, John. And don't forget, again, the newsletter. Be sure and get subscribed to the newsletter. Go to the uh, website at catcraveradio.com. At the top of the page, you'll see the newsletter link. Click there, fill out the form, and bada-bing. You'll get yourself subscribed to our newsletter. And call us anytime now, since there are people out there I know that want to talk to us about Julius. Maybe you do and maybe you don't. Call us at 206-350-9673. It's the CCR hotline phone number. Call us anytime. Again, the number is 206-350-9673. Your listening device is not malfunctioning. We're just taking a break. More CCR after this. Sassy! Today's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. Oh, nuts! There's a Bobcat in this cave! Save us, Sassy! (laughs) 
You will, but first you'd like to stress the importance of cat adoption? <coughs> Over five million cats go into animal shelters every year and they need to be adopted? <coughs> Help us, Sassy! <coughs> Why bother? We'll just get into more trouble tomorrow? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Remember, adopt. Make your voice and your opinions a part of the show. Call the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673 and speak your mind. Tell us your thoughts on the team or tell us what you think of the show by calling 206-350-9673. Now, time for more CCR. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, John White. Hey, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Go to catcraveradio.com, click on the newsletter link at the top of the page, fill out the form, and click subscribe. It's that easy. In fact, it's like a one-minute process. Get subscribed, and we'll keep you up to date on the show, our guests, the blog, and any and all news regarding our Carolina Panthers. Get subscribed by visiting our site at catcraveradio.com. It's Minner at the 30, he's to the 20, cuts outside at the 15, Minner to the 10, Minner to the 5, touchdown! It's time now for the Minterview. Joining us now is legendary Carolina Panther, Mike Minter. Mike, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you, John, for having me. All right, Mike, we've got to talk about that elephant in the room, you know, the big topic. Um, Julius Peppers and this situation is going to play out once again. We apparently, you know, I guess because of the way that he was franchised last year, we're going to have to go through it all over. What's your reaction to how this thing is playing out with his agent making a statement and then some of the comments that that Julius had to make on Tuesday? Well, um, you know what, I I think um, he's confused right now in the sense of saying that um, you know, why haven't the Panthers called? Why haven't we been talking? Um, and most of the time when people are silent, like he said yesterday, that, you know, he understands what they mean. Maybe they don't want him back. And, and, and basically uh, what he was expressing is, you know what, I want to be back. They have not expressed any interest of bringing me back up to this point. I don't know what they thinking. And last year, you knew what the Panthers were thinking. They said... You know, it, it was kind of reversed. Panthers was saying that they wanted him back, and Peppers was 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 not saying anything. So, so uh, again, I, I think the you know the the roles have have been reversed. Um, I think that the labor agreement has a lot to do with uh, what's going on, how Mr. Richardson is, is, is making his decision. I think that plays a big part in it, and everybody's just been looking at football type things that happen on the field, but they're not understanding the business side of what's going on with the NFL right now. And um, and, and I think that's playing a big part into what's going on with their decision with Julius Peppers. Well, you know, with that CBA out there still waiting to, you know, they've got to try and pass a new one. They haven't really negotiated recently, and nobody's coming to the table yet to talk and really get serious about, you know, fixing this because that could mean an uncapped year this coming season and almost likely, almost definitely will. If you are, let's say you're in charge over there, how are you going to do this? If you're handling things for the Panthers, 
What is what is your next move? How are you going to handle this situation with Peppers? Well, assuming assuming that uh, money is not a problem for the organization as a business, right? So assuming that, well, I'm I'm signing I'm signing Pep for another one year deal. Okay, I'm giving him his twenty, and um, and I'm saying, okay, um, we moving forward, right? So if that's me, that's what I'm doing. But if I have an understanding of saying, okay, I don't even know if I'm going to have Coach Fox coming back um, after next year, okay, I'm going to have a new coaching staff. Uh, Pepper's going to be another year um, older when I bring in my new coaching staff. Kenny and, and, and maybe the coaching staff don't want to use Peppers like, like Coach Fox did. So do you, you know, roll the dice and, and give him a long-term deal um, and and lock him up for a long term. I, I, I don't think so. I think you 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 give him twenty million. You don't have to do it anyway. If you give him a long term deal anyway. But I got to give him more than that. So at least you get twenty million. Give him one more shot uh, with this uh, regime and these players and see if it happens. And if it don't happen, I make my change and I move on. Well, this conversation or and, and some of the information that you you gave me there brings up actually two really good questions and the first is because there's no salary cap potentially for this year and it's this is something that not a lot of people are are familiar with first you don't have a limit yes there could be the Daniel Snyders of the world who are going to overspend and bring in every free agent they can but there's also no minimum for your salary cap which means you could go as low with your player salaries as you want and just have a bunch of guys on league minimum so do you think there's any chance whatsoever that jerry richardson tries to to cut his player payroll and and play this next season out so that he has a little more savings absolutely i mean that i mean if i'm him and that's why i believe you got the the business man that came in as a new president because he's a business guy he understands how a business operates, and so you have to bring in a business mind that understands how to cut things, understand how to, you know, make your organization um, lean and mean, and, and, and I think that's why you got him in there. So to your point, yes, I mean, absolutely. There's no minimum that I need to pay somebody. Uh, why should I pay them then, you know, $200,000? I'm going to pay them 50000 okay? So um, you get... You get um, you know more money now to your to your pocket that you're able to put into uh, other players like a Julius Peppers. Um, and so, if a guy don't have a contract right now, um, and we don't have you know a minimum or a maximum, then you know I'm not signing anybody. Um, and 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 then once I do give them a contract, it's gonna be some um, less than what they thought they were gonna get. So. I definitely would play that card. And you'd also brought up something about the coaching staff, and Coach Fox is going to likely, at least the way it looks now, will be back for 2010. He'll be coaching under the final year of his contract. We're not sure how 2011 is going to play out, even if there will be a lockout or not. So that's still a situation we're waiting to you know see how that plays out. But you mentioned that Coach Fox... If he's gone and there's a new coaching staff coming in, how that could impact Julius's situation? Do you think there's a chance that 
that John Fox will be coaching his final year with the team? I, I do. I think it's a big chance that this is Coach Fox's last year um, the organization. Um, because, one, Coach Fox is a proud man, and, and him going into his last year um, in his contract and have not got an extension, um, trust me when I tell you that that's going to play a part um, coming into next year. If they did great or not, he would he would probably walk away and go somewhere else. Um, and so, you know, um, I, I believe that this is probably his last year. I'd kind of hate to see that happen. And I mean, I like the guy, and 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 in a way, I like his I like his approach, but. It would be a, a sad day, and I'm sure because you you know you know him so well and you played for him uh, for several seasons. I know that would you know I'm sure that would be a kind of a personal thing for you as well. But it, it would be kind of a sad day to see him go after you know what eight years. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you know this this, this coach. When you think about Coach Fox, I mean he comes in and he changes the the whole look of the organization and really turns the organization into a winning organization. Um, even though, you know, you up one year, down one year, up one year. But, um, you know, who, who who can say that they have taken their team to the Super Bowl? And who's to say that they uh, have taken their team to the NFC Championship um, two years um, and won the conference, uh, the division championship a couple of years? I mean, that, that's, that's huge when you begin to think about, I believe, the best division in, in, in football. And the reason why I say that, if you look at the last, um, you know, four or five um, Super Bowls, three of, three of those five, you, I mean, I mean, you didn't have, um, you know, us in there. You know, Tampa Bay wins, New Orleans now Super Bowl champ. We went to the Super Bowl. Atlanta was in the NFC Championship game. You can't look at another division and say that about them right now. Um, and and so um, I believe you're looking at, you know, a tough division. And to come in and do what Coach Fox has been doing um, in that division, um, you you got to give him um, a lot of credit for, for what he does. And I can tell you right now, this football team will be a playoff football team because that's just how Coach Fox is. He knows how to motivate people when their back is against the wall and not making the playoffs. Uh, going into his last season, you better watch out for the Carolina Panthers uh, come next year. So it will be real tough to see him walk away uh, from Carolina and go somewhere else. Well, there are going to be a lot of questions, and we hope a lot of uh, answers, at least to the positive, <laughs> for the next few months. But, Mike, again, we do appreciate you being with us once again. Thanks, John. I want to thank Nick Yeoman for being such a big part of the show. Nick, the show would just not be the same without your awesomeness. Check out Nick's Panthers videos on YouTube by searching for Big Nick 2700. My thanks to Mike Mentor for taking part in the Mentorview. Mike, you are a scholar and a gentleman. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Go to catcraveradio.com and click on the newsletter link at the top of the page. Fill out the quick and easy form, and it's a done deal. We'll keep you up to date on the show, on guests, basically everything that's going on with us and with the team. Again, go to catcraveradio.com, click on the newsletter link, and fill out the form. It's that easy. Don't forget you can subscribe to our show on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to leave us a review. And follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash catcraveradio. Give us a follow, and yes, we promise we'll follow you back. 
Feel free anytime to give us a call. Call us up at 206-350-9673 and leave us a message. We want to hear your opinions. Call the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device once again next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks again for listening to Cat Crave Radio, a proud member of the Fan Sided Network. Check out catcraveradio.com for our complete archive of interviews, commentary, and analysis. The CCR crew will gather again next week to bring you another fresh episode. All material, copyright 2010, Cat Crave Radio. Stand and cheer for the Panthers in our grand old Finer than to be in Carolina for a Panther football game.